Welcome to the Questions of Faith podcast. I'm Brad Stevens here with Dr. Timothy Laredo. And the question we're asking the doctor today is, how do I know if my church is healthy? Yeah, we're going to look at a couple principles to discover uh, what does a healthy church look like. Then we're going to look at what is our role in helping our church to be healthy. And so uh, I hope this episode will be uh, practical and encouraging, but also help us to see uh, that we have a part to play in uh, a healthy church. Well, jumping right into the episode. So, Dr. Tim, when do we need to call the undertaker? (laughs) When do we need to call the morgue, the funeral home to come in and clean house in the church? Yeah, right. No. Um, yeah, so a healthy church is uh, something that everybody wants, right? Everybody desires that. Um, but I think the first thing we want to do is kind of define what a healthy church is and what it's not. And sometimes to define what something is, it's helpful to describe what it's not. And the first thing I'd like to say is that a healthy church doesn't mean it's perfect, Right. So a healthy church isn't a quote unquote perfect church because obviously there's no such thing as a perfect church. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, there's this misconception out there that a healthy church equals a perfect church. Mm -hmm. And so people are looking for this perfect church because, you know, that means it's healthy. Right. And no, you're never going to find that, right? Because the moment that you or I darken the door of that quote unquote perfect church, it immediately becomes imperfect, right? Because we live in a a Photoshop perfect world. Mm. So we kind of get that mentality through, through, you know, through magazines, through models and through all sorts of just anything. Sure. Is it's always manipulated to be the best it sure. can possibly be. So I guess I would suppose why should the church be any different? Yeah. When we're looking at it. Yeah. We're looking for this perfect utopia. Yeah. Christ followers. Right. And this idea of, you know, what you see uh, of a church, you know, maybe on social media or uh, something like that. Man, that church is perfect. It's always greener on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And quite frankly, you know, we kind of sometimes get that outsider perspective some people like oh your guys just church is perfect man your church is and we're like well, we have a great church you know i think but you Spend know five minutes there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we 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 got uh you know we deal with problems just like every other church does right and so you know this mentality some people can have in, in this idea of a healthy church, the misconception of, well, my church, there's some problems. And so, because there's some problems, that means it's not healthy. And this like, oh, I see this other church and what they're doing, you know, that, like you mentioned earlier, that grass is greener on the other side of the the church, right, kind of idea. Um, and it's just it's just uh, not true, you know. And, and a day that, in a, that mentality can lead to church hopping. Oh, yeah, you know, for sure. You're trying to find the perfect place when, like you said, when you come in, you make it imperfect. Right, yeah. And so... And, and you know, to that, I'd like to say that if you're continually church hopping, it's not the church that's unhealthy, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. That th- th- there's something unhealthy in you that would, you know, constantly be looking for this 
perfect church that is just not there and always disgruntled, always, you know, got got some some problem with something, right? That mentality is there's something unhealthy in that aspect. And so it has nothing to do with the health of the church, but sometimes it can be the that the health of the person is not spiritual health of that person is not where it needs to be. But, you know, in a day and age uh in our society where people are um less and less committed to things like they used to be, you know, it used to be a society in w- which we lived in was one that we were committed to things like you worked one job for 40 years, right? You, you owned one type of car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were committed to Ford or Chevy or whatever that is, right? You purchased from one particular store. Right. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you were either Coke or you were Pepsi, right? There was no mix over, <laughs> right? Um, but There is no mix over, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we, we live in a society that is less loyal Absolutely. Than it's ever been mm-hmm. to institutions. Uh, and that bleeds over into the church, you know, this uh, this aspect of, you know, well, if I don't get my way or if I things don't work out like I'd like them to work out, well, I'm just going to go somewhere else and have no concept of the fact that what they're doing is actually uh, damaging to the church. We are loyal as a whole, especially my generation as millennials, to those that help us the most. Mm-hmm. So we are loyal to whatever is going to lift us up, elevate us. Mm-hmm. What's the best deal sure. for us? Right, yeah, yeah. Which is a very selfish mentality to have. Right, yeah. Without regard to anything that I have to put into this. Yes, any, absolutely. Any sacrifice on my end or any uh, accountability on my end. But what's in it for me um, and this lack of loyalty um, is 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 an issue, you know, that uh, can can happen. And so, you know, having that preface, when we're talking about a healthy church, we want to recognize that there's obviously such a thing as a healthy church and an unhealthy church, but the health of the church sometimes is not the problem, but it's the the person in the pew, they're in an unhealthy spot uh, and not willing to uh, to to sacrifice some and to uh, be willing to take, uh, you know, another issue is is this idea of being submissive, right, to authority. We live in a generation that is uh, does not want to be submissive to authority at all, right? I mean, it's it's crazy uh, the uh, the things that our society is pushing for that wants to get rid of authority and being told what to do and that type of stuff. And, um, you know, again, that, that stuff can bleed over to a church culture uh, or to a church person into which they're, um, you know, the reason why the church is unhealthy is because the pastor told me I shouldn't be doing this or should be doing that. And so I don't want to. church isn't right. Yeah, I don't want to be submissive and I don't want to be told what to do. And so this church, you know, is is not healthy, right? So I guess what you're saying then is before we can look at the church, we need to look at ourselves. Yes. Make sure that we're in the correct spiritual state, spiritual mindset. Right. And um, that yeah. there's nothing we need to fix and beef up on 
Sure, I mean, because if you think about it, fundamentally, the church... Is made up of members. Is made up of people, of right? And you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You and I are the church. And so... So if we're unhealthy, then the church is going to be unhealthy. Exactly. And so to take some ownership and responsibility for uh, the uh, he- having a healthy church, a lot of times it can be all oh, the healthy church is all on the pastor and the leadership of the church. And obviously they play a big part in the health of the church. But you can have the greatest, you know, leadership, spiritual leadership that's healthy and all that. But if you and I as members of the church aren't healthy and aren't spiritually where we need to be, the church is not going to be healthy, right? And so, um, so how do I know if my church is healthy? The first thing I got to do is I got to look at me and w- my perspective, what I'm bringing to uh, the church, and am I one who is, um, you know, loyal and submissive to the spiritual authority that God has put in in, in front of me? And am I am I spiritually healthy? Uh, is a good question to ask when asking uh, is is my church spiritually healthy? So a couple things that I'd like to point out that are principles for a healthy church. Um, that a healthy church will have these things. Um, they they signify the health of a church. And the first one that I want to point out is a healthy church will have expository preaching. Okay, and what I mean by that is uh, so expository preaching is just basically a sermon that is designed to explain the text, designed to explain what the Bible is saying, right? And so, a healthy church has to have at its foundation uh, the Word of God being taught and preached in such a way that it is... um, it is it is not man's opinion it's not um it's not just throwing out you know uh the latest fads or uh hobby horses or you know that type of stuff but a healthy church has to have um preaching that is explaining the text and explaining what does the Bible say, right? Because if we don't know what the Bible says, how in the world can we be healthy as a congregation, as people, right? And uh, and so, it's, it's, it's a fundamental thing that a church have um, expository preaching as part of its um, mission of being a healthy church, is having uh, the Word of God uh, rightly divided and uh, preaching the word in a manner in which uh, we are trying to help people to understand what the Bible says. So on the flip side of the pulpit is the pew. So right. I would assume then that the members have a responsibility to be studying the word themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not just reading self-help books or re- reading what other people mm-hmm. and other opinions are, sure. you know, for their devotional life, but also getting into the Word. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And taking the message that is preached and, uh, you know, not Applying being, it. yeah, not being just hearers of the Word, but being doers of the Word also, right? And so, um, that that comes from this union between uh, the, uh, the pulpit and the pew. And so, you know, historically, Pentecostals um, have not done a great job of preaching expository messages, um, 
And just from my observation, uh, which is, you know, one person, one perspective, uh, I don't see us um, getting a whole lot better at it um, in in recent years. Um, I, I just think that we've got to recognize how important this um, this idea of preaching the word of God is that it is so foundational for a healthy church. We've got to what Paul told Timothy, preach the word, right? And, you know, I'm I'm deeply concerned about uh, this continual devaluing of preaching to it being this talk. Hey, we're going to just have this little talk or we're just going to have this little, um, you know, inspirational moment right and i'm like no that's not what preaching is at all right you can get those things anywhere right you can get inspirational talks from a myriad of different places go listen to a ted talk right you know go you know you can get those things other places but the preaching of the word of god is it is unique and it is divinely orchestrated Paul talked about like through the foolishness of preaching that God would uh you know build his church and build his kingdom on this earth. And you know on one hand we have these you know cool preachers that um you know want to just give us you know 10 tips for a better life, right? And you know all these these you know uh motivational things and call it a sermon, and I'm I just like no, not everything that's called a sermon is actually a sermon because you didn't preach the word. I I can't tell you how much that grieves my heart when I and I've, I I I I remember going to a, a really large meeting and the guy got up there and did not read one verse the entire quote unquote message, and from my perspective he didn't preach. He didn't preach at all because he didn't preach the word. And he told, you know, some funny stuff and, you know, people were like, oh, you know, that was awesome. And, but I'm like, he didn't preach, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and I'm not trying to be like mean or harsh, but I'm just trying to recognize how important that is for a healthy church. Because if somebody that doesn't preach the word means that the congregation doesn't know the word, mm-hmm. right? And you see that yeah. that 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 interlinked. And then on the other hand, we got uh, this uh, this idea of people using uh, the pulpit uh, as a, a bully pulpit to yeah. you know to push and try to make people do whatever they want them to do in that moment, right? And again, you haven't preached; you have uh, tried to dictate what you want to take place. Mm-hmm. You, un- you understand the, the distinction? Yeah, I was I was recently challenged with someone um, uh, asking me to define what is the definition of a quote unquote good service, mm. and uh, it took me a minute to kind of realize where he was coming from. But sometimes we have these ideas of. of especially within Pentecostal churches, these shout down services, mm-hmm. highly emotional, mm-hmm. you know, I, I believe God can do great sure, things. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but when we have those over and over and over again, and every night we come away, oh, that's such a good service. God was moving. Well, his perspective was, okay, did anyone get saved mm-hmm. in that service? Right. Was there any um, uh, growth to the church body by adding new members? 
was the word preach? Right. Did we learn? Mm-hmm. Or were we just running off an emotional high? And that idea of a quote-unquote good service, mm-hmm. that, that stuck out to me lately, and it's kind of made yeah. me wonder and think of, well, what is a good service? And so then that brings us to the perspective of, what is church for? Mm, what yeah. is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the preaching of the word. Yeah. I agree with you. 100%. Yeah. And, and just, you know, um, making that a, a foundation for a healthy church is really important because some of these other things we're going to talk about uh, of signs of a healthy church and how do I know if my church is healthy, um, they flow out of this really foundational um, aspect of uh, preaching of the word of God and the people uh, receiving the word of God and knowing the word of God. And um, again, we talked about this within another podcast about uh, a Christian worldview, but how do you know whether or not the preaching of the word of God was accurate or true, right? It has to be something that you are studying and you are learning and growing in yourself. And so, um, you know, I I just think that this is such a huge deal that as Pentecostals we've got to uh, we've got to give it the appropriate weight that I believe that Scripture gives to it. So the church as a whole, if we recognize that it it's healthy, there's going to be preaching from the Word. Mm. Yeah, 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 we, yeah, we realize that from the pulpit, it's not a place just to have a motivational message mm-hmm. yeah or it's not just a building to get an emotional experience sure in, sure but or, we should be receiving from the word through uh preaching yeah absolutely absolutely uh, it's imperative that that be uh the foundation for a healthy church and and, and then this the second one flows out of that is a healthy church is one which holds to biblical truth and its theology right so um this this idea that not just that we're you know preaching, but we're 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 holding to biblical truth, and um, and this is made up of of not just a doctrinal statement, right? But uh, holding to a way of life that is biblical. An unhealthy church can have the right doctrinal statement in their you know uh, bylaws and in their constitution, right? But not actually be living biblical truth, and so it's in nothing that, more than words on the page. Exactly, it doesn't mean anything, and they're unhealthy in that moment. And so, recognizing that we've got to, um, you know, have more than just um, the right belief system, but we've got to have a behavioral system that matches. that matches that right. And so, a healthy church doesn't just believe things. But they believe things that moves them to a behavior that is uh, one that follows biblical theology, right? And so, you know, the reality of the matter is is that we can spend months and years in a church and, you know, have all the right beliefs, but our behaviors haven't changed at all. And that's just, it's a sign of an unhealthy uh, person, right, which can lead to an unhealthy church. And so, um, you know, there's this, there's this um, misconception out there that, you know, if you preach um, theology and you preach theology that isn't uh, just, oh, here's what we believe, but here's 
what we need to how we need to behave there's this idea that oh people won't like that people won't respond to you know theology right but theology that is coupled with action of behavior i really believe it it moves people into a healthy posture of action um because it's the word of god and the word of god does that not because of any one person but because of the power of the word of god i think though it goes back to whether or not we want the truth Mm -hmm. something that's really popular right now is that's your truth Mm. this is my truth yeah 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 relative something i hammer in my sunday school class to our kids is that you know you have to have the ultimate truth Mm. and we find that in the bible but you have to believe in that truth yeah it's not enough to just believe because faith without works is dead yeah absolutely so once we are grounded in that truth you're saying we need to act out on it yeah yeah and and uh you know biblical theology um is in such a way that is uh moving us to action is one which is seeking to motivate us to not just believe something but to be something the way that we uh, do that is you know sometimes people are like uh let's just use this as an example. You know, I've heard a lot of times where um, the idea of preaching to the lost and you hear that, you know, that's a biblical uh, theology that we believe and the presentation of it is this. You're not doing enough. You need to go and you need to go reach the lost and it's this guilt-based, like, if you don't do this, you know, yeah, you are, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you're not even a Christian, right? And, uh, you know, I don't think necessarily maybe that the motives are wrong and the person that's doing it that way, but they're failing to recognize that, um, that guilt is a very poor motivator <laughs> and that like the way that we move people is through, um, through motivating them about truth and showing them the way in which that can actually happen in their lives and not saying, you're not doing this, you're not doing this, you're not doing this. And instead of, here's how you could do this and here's how this could, play, you know, showing that, that, that practical aspect of it in a way of, you know, because honestly, or just using that example, but a lot of people feel like they can't. They don't feel equipped to do that. They feel um, there's probably a reason. Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> so you're guilting them into do doing something. something that you haven't prepared them to do, right? Mm-hmm. And it's that vicious cycle of we believe something, but we can't actually act on it. We can't have that behavior um, because uh, we really haven't had that um, that connect. And so, a healthy church is one in which uh, holds to biblical theology, holds to biblical truth, but does so in a way that it's not just holding on to, um, you know, a, a doctrinal statement that's uh, tucked away in a a cabinet somewhere in an office, but is actually seeking to live that out through empowering the church to uh, to do what God has called it to do. So, uh, 
looking at a healthy church and um, you know looking at what it means to have a healthy church and what does it mean to be healthy in a healthy church uh, is one a healthy church is one in which uh, is gospel centered and so not only does a healthy church need to produce you know preaching from the pulpit that uh, is uh, explaining the word of God, teaching the word of God, and is holding to biblical truth in such a way that it's not just a doctrinal statement, but is something that we are living, seeking to live out. But a healthy church is got to be gospel centered in its mission. Like we're not just a, a healthy church if we preach right and believe right, but our belief and a part of our behavior has to be that we are gospel-centered and that we are um, seeking to uh, share the gospel and to promote the gospel and to uh, to live the gospel in uh, real intentional ways, right? And so that's so, our that's our goal. Yeah, that's our mission, mm-hmm. right? That's our our mission is to spread the gospel, um, and. Um, the the church is not created to be a social club, right? And we know that inherently, all right? We know that. I'd ask, hey, is the church supposed to be a social club? And you're like, no, of course not. But is the church a social <laughs> club? <laughs> right? But, but it is so easy for it to become that in the fact that we have – Okay, we've got right preaching and we've got right beliefs and you know, it's us and we've got it right and like okay, great. We're all on the same page. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time I want to say but you're missing something uh, in that aspect is because we've got to our mission has got to be that we go, right? Go ye. Yeah, exactly. The world. Right, the great commission. It is uh, the church ultimately is a going entity. It's it's to go into the world and uh, it's to go into our communities and to be who God has called us to be and proclaiming the gospel of uh, the and that that word gospel just literally means good news, right? The good news. Well, what is the good news? The good news is the fact that you know we're all sinners. Right, and that that Christ has uh, uh, come to save us of our sins, and that through His death and uh, burial, His resurrection, that we have uh, been given the opportunity for forgiveness of sins. Right? It's not it's not complicated. We know it, but uh, somehow the gospel has got to get out of the church, and has got to get into. Uh, our community. The way that that happens most often is through the people in the church, right? In the pew, uh, the laity. Um, I've heard it said before, you know, sheep reproduce sheep, right? And so it's this idea that, you know, a lot of times people want the pastor to be uh, the sole soul winner, right? The only one, right? And and not that the pastor shouldn't be a soul winner. Obviously, the pastor should be and should be one who is... But how uh, much more impactful would the church be if we all had the right mentality? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that... Here, here's the deal is, is, again, going back to this idea of responsibility and taking ownership. Uh, if the growth of the church was upon me, how would my church grow? If it was up to me, how would our church grow? The fact of the matter, it is. 
Yes, it is. It up is. To you. Yes, it is. Uh, and in some way, it is. And so, uh, taking that ownership and taking that responsibility that um, I am a I am a preacher, whether I am preaching from a pulpit or not, right? And that doesn't mean we have to like you know take a text and preach at people, right? Obviously, out in our community, but it's this idea of that uh, I am. I, I am gospel centered in my thinking uh, uh, opportunities to reach people, you know? That should then affect your attitude, how you treat people, yeah. your everyday life. I mean, people have said probably the only gospel they'll ever read mm. or see is you. Yes. Because we are the fifth gospel. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So are we going out and acting as we should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so a healthy church is one in which is gospel centered. And that comes obviously from the pastor and the leadership, you know, and leading in that. But they're not the ones who are solely responsible for that. Um, because, I mean, just frankly, you can have a pastor who is, is gospel centered and is, is reaching. But if the, if the people aren't doing that in the pew and aren't following that, it's not going to be a healthy church. Right. So, so how would you encourage someone who realizes that they haven't been doing that mm. and maybe are a little fearful to? Mm, yeah. Uh, so I would encourage them in this way. I would encourage them to first to pray for opportunities, because if you pray for those and are intentional, God will supply them. Okay. All right. So first it's an act of prayer, right? And that's super simple. You can do that without, I mean, it, it doesn't take any uh, great... Uh, abilities or any great, uh, it's not, you don't have to be afraid, right? It's super easy to do that. So, uh, begin to pray, God, give me opportunities. God, help, give me, uh, you know, small moments where I can uh, speak the gospel, share the gospel into people's life. And after you pray that, God is going to going to answer that. God is going to answer that prayer. So be aware, right, and be looking for those opportunities sure. to happen. Yeah, and then when those moments happen, be you, be authentic, mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. loving. Right, and so it's one of those things where I think a lot of times people feel like they've got to, you know, witness and. Uh, like somebody else does, like somebody else's extravagant way. Yeah. Or they're more confrontational in the way that they witness or they're, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe that's not your personality style. And so you're like, ah, I, I, I can't, I can't be confrontive or combative, you know, have a conversation the way that you have a conversation with anybody else and do it in such a way that it leads to the gospel, you know? Well, I'm going to be transparent here for a moment. I remember one time uh, my wife and I were standing in line at Starbucks mm-hmm. and this lady, we kind of came in at the same time and she just was gracious and let us go first. And so we walked up to the counter and I just had this fleeting thought cross my mind. I should, I should buy her a drink or whatever she's getting. Mm-hmm. And, but then at the same time, I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. and just like, well, I don't know. I mean, whatever. So what ended up happening is Daisha and I, we got our drinks and we went on. And Daisha said, we should have bought her drink. Mm-hmm. And then in that moment, I realized I missed an opportunity mm-hmm. uh, just to be kind, to be courteous, and then have an open moment. And it, it really hit me. And I honestly, my spirit was grieved. Mm-hmm. And that's how I knew that I had an opportunity here. 
and I missed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to and be it's aware not about that, it has nothing to do with the cup of coffee. Oh no, not right, at all. Right, right. It has yeah. everything to do with that opportunity to, uh, you know, they say thank you, and you say, oh yeah, God bless you today, you know, and just see where that conversation mm-hmm. goes. Exactly. And, and you know, you know, hey, do you go to church anywhere? You know, su- super simple mm-hmm. conversations that don't have to, you know, you don't have to crack open your Bible and you know read three texts and you know a, a sermon with five points in a poem right it's just this gospel centered moment where you're like you know god loves you you mm-hmm. know literally say god loves you and see what happens right <laughs> some real. people might might be you know shut up clam up and go away yeah and, go that's the end of it but in that moment i realized later on that I need to be looking for the, the mundane, mm. the, the simple kindness of grabbing someone's coffee could have an eternal impact. Yeah. And, I, and I and I felt really awful for a while, and I had to repent over that. Sure, and sure. asked the Lord, say, "I'm sorry. Give me more opportunities to yeah, be that light." Yeah, and what I want to say to that too is, you know, we've all, every single one of us, myself included, have missed moments where we were like. Oh, that was a gospel moment, and I didn't even see, like maybe I didn't even see it, or I did see it, and I got scared, or you know I didn't know what to do in that moment. We've all done that, and what the enemy wants to do with us in those moments is to make us, uh, you know, after those moments feel like, well, I failed, and I can't ever do this, and I won't ever be able to do it, and I'm not gonna do it, right? Because I failed, right? No one likes to feel like a failure, and so instead of trying again. And we, we don't want to feel that sense of failure. And so we're like, I'm not even going to try because I might fail. No. And it's this idea like this, this, this aspect of I believe in what I want to share. And because I believe in it, I'm going to try to share it. And I may not get it perfect all the time, and I may, you know, uh, miss uh, ways of which I could have done it better. You know, there's you look back, man. If I, I wish I would have turned the conversation that way, or I wish I, you know, there's always that. But but having that mindset of like, no, I'm going to continually uh, do what I'm called to do as somebody who is called to to go. Um, that I'm going to be gospel centered in my uh, my mindset. So a healthy church is one in which is gospel centered and is moving, going to uh, to reach their community and ultimately the world. But it's got to start in our community. Got to start with those in our uh, proximity. And uh, doing so with the intention of spreading the good news of Christ. So, not only is a healthy church one that is uh, has expository preaching as its foundation, holds to biblical truth, biblical theology, and is gospel-centered, but a healthy church is one that intentionally disciples 
those within its church. Um, frankly, I think a lot of times we 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 miss this part as uh, as the church in our not just teaching truth, but training people to be is challenging and is hard. Not just, hey, know this fact, right? Know this truth, but training people to be is is messy, is hard, is um is not easy, right? But a healthy church is one that recognizes it has a responsibility to to not just teach and preach and to be gospel-centered and bring people in, but once we get them here, we've got to be intentional in our discipleship. Uh, and that happens in a myriad of different ways. Obviously, that happens through teaching, uh, through preaching of the Word of God, discipleship takes place. But discipleship takes place just through conversations that happen around uh, you know, a dinner table that happen around uh, an activity that you're doing. Um, discipleship happens in in all sorts of different aspects. It doesn't have to necessarily be this this big, um, you know, oh, we're having this discipleship course, right, or something like that. But it's this taking time to uh, invest in people to show them the way in which you live. And to help them to live, uh, to see, oh, that's what it looks like to live for Jesus, right? Mm. Um, our lifestyle can be some of the greatest teaching. Now, we need to make sure that our lifestyle is correct. <laughs> it can backfire on us. Right. But then taking the time to be with those people, like you said, can be the greatest witness to them. And like, well, I want to be like them. I want to do that. And like you said, it's hard and it can be kind of weird. But some of my greatest friendships have come from just taking some time with some people mm, yeah, and drawing them in, being their friend, yeah. and then wonderful things happen. Yeah, going to lunch, going for coffee, uh, you know, going and doing some other activity. It's not even a quote-unquote discipleship yeah. moment, right? <laughs> but it is. Uh-huh. It is because... Uh, you are, uh, you're, they're, they're, they're watching you and they're seeing how you, you live and they're, they're, your conversation, the way you talk and the words that you use and the, and, and the way that the conversation goes, you know, you are having an opportunity to disciple somebody in that moment. And, and frankly, I think uh, a lot of Christians don't think in that terms. They don't think about, you know, this opportunity to go to lunch is a discipleship moment. Well, there's this separation between spiritual things yes. and there's this line of then lifestyle. Right. Whereas really they're, they're it's a ball of spaghetti. For all, a Christian, there's be. no difference. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. should be. Yeah. And so, yeah. So trying to really intentionally have that mindset of we're going to, um, we're going to be intentional in discipleship does not mean that we're going to start some program around discipleship. I mean, you can, right? There's nothing inherently wrong with that. But, uh, you know, being a healthy church means that we are discipling uh, those who are, um, you know, within the church. And that job is not just the job of the pastor to disciple, Right. Uh, but it's it's the job of you know there's there's somebody in your church 
that you can disciple, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be some formal, you know, um, you know, appointed position, but it's this investing in their life and, uh, you know, spending time with them and, you know, showing them the love of God and helping them grow in their, uh, their walk with the Lord um, is is so it's it's really very easy to do if we'll take the time to do it. It's not challenging or hard. It's just basically living our life in front of other people. Mm-hmm. That's really all it is. Is discipleship in its basic form is living your life in front of other people. And while it can be sometimes easier to work with people who are uh, similar mm, to your peers. Exactly. As someone involved in children's ministry, mm. oh, it's phenomenal to see um, uh, younger people and how they look up to mm. older people. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, they almost gleam even more. Mm-hmm. If you just take some time. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. take much mm-hmm. time. Yeah, absolutely. And so a healthy church is one that is intentional in its discipleship and does does that both from a leadership perspective of the church, but also uh, does that it trickles down into the pew in which, uh, you know, you have a new convert. And, you know, people in the church are, are, are spending time with that convert or texting and calling that convert and, and building relationship with that convert. Uh, that's a really good sign of a healthy church. So, Dr. Tim, we have good preaching that's gospel-centered, pushing us out. We're wanting to mentor and help those around us in our church and our Mm -hmm. communities. So, where do we go from here? Yeah, so another sign of a healthy church, how do I know if my church is healthy or not, Um, is a healthy church is one which exercises discipline. Wow, okay. 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 Interested to see where we're going with this one. (laughs) Yeah, so a healthy church is one which administers discipline appropriately uh, upon those who are um, acting outside of the bounds of Scripture and are doing it in a repeated fashion. And to not allow that to keep going is um, is healthy, right? If you allow um, those type of things to continue to go forward, you can't possibly have a healthy church. Um, a church that fails to exercise uh, spiritual discipline, um, it really is going to have a hard time to function in its mission. It's going to have a hard time in the the evangelistic and the go and the doing of what it's called to do because it's got problems inside the house, right? Mm-hmm. And it's got. And you're talking about discipline to to anyone in the church, or are you talking about just members? Yeah, so I'm I'm talking specifically about members, but I mean it, okay. it can apply to all within the church. Basically, mm-hmm. this idea of not allowing um, uh, sinful, uh, anti-biblical actions to continue to um, manifest inside. The church, right? And so this... Because one bad apple can spoil the bunch. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's super uh, intuitive if we think about it, you know, like from a physical aspect, if you've got cancer in your body, what do you have to do? Get it out. You got to get it out. If you don't get it out, your physical body will die. Just a matter of time, right? You've got to get it out. And the same is true with, um, you know, church discipline and dealing with sin 
you know, um, if somebody is unrepentant and is not, um, you know, not willing to deal with the sin in their own life, we've got to deal with it or it will infect the rest of the body, right? Oh, they can do that and it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, then <laughs> I guess I can do that and it's okay, right? That that idea of um, if we don't deal with, uh, again, this is the idea is continual unrepentant sin, right? We're not talking about somebody, you know, sins and they repent of that sin. Um, and of course, you know, depending on what that is, there's there's still discipline that that is appropriate with that. Uh, a time away from ministry and all of those different things, but to not just be a place where uh, we don't deal with um, issues of unhealth in the body, we have to deal with those if we're going to be healthy, right? Uh, the other day, uh, I went to the dentist. And the dentist told me, hey, you've got a cavity. And he said, it's not super bad, uh, but we need to deal with it, right? Or it's going to get worse and you're going to lose your tooth, right? Uh, eventually, we'll do that, right? And so, what did I do? I ignored him and then I just <laughs> went about my merry way, right? No, I was like, okay, well, let's fix it. Let's do what we got to do to to get this uh, this thing fixed so that I can be healthy, right? And that's, it's, it's not pleasant. You ever been to the dentist? It's not pleasant. It's (laughs) It's not not my favorite thing to do. Yeah, it's not. And the same is true with, with uh, exercising spiritual discipline. It's, uh, it's not fun. It's not pleasant. But it's a necessity. It is. It's such a vital necessity for a healthy church, a a church that does not um, have uh, discipline, spiritual discipline, and just allows things to continue to go on is going to uh, going to have so many unhealthy problems in its uh, in its congregation and it is going to be led astray from its mission because of it. Now would you say that that discipline needs to come though from the proper channels? Mm-hmm. Because yes. I think it can be if, yes. if kind of a honestly like a member to member kind of thing that can cause some issues. Right, sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if you're not in spiritual leadership, it's not your job to to uh, you know exercise spiritual discipline. Um, you know, um, you can you know if if you're aware of uh, of it, and maybe spiritual leadership is not you know those those type of things you know can be worked through. But yeah, I I don't have spiritual authority to just do whatever I want to whenever I want to. Um, you're that that's unhealthy action as well right but a healthy church is one um in which spiritual discipline does take place and in which spiritual discipline is received by you know the members and so this idea of you know i am above being disciplined is is not a healthy posture right i'm above the dentist telling me you have a cavity right uh, I'm above the doctor saying you need to remove this mass, right? No, of course not. Um, there's a higher authority that is is um, looking out for my health and recognizing uh, that I have got to uh, submit to that healthy uh, authority. Um, one of the verses that um, I-, I like to point to within this uh, idea of spiritual discipline. 
is found in Titus chapter 3. And it's one of those verses that you're never going to see it framed and on a wall. You're never going to see it crocheted on a blanket or on a pillow, right? You're never going to see it. It's never going to come on up on Instagram as a, uh, you know, inspirational, inspirational quote, right? You're never going to see it. You're never going to see it. If somebody sees it, I want you to tag us in it because that would be the first time I've ever seen this verse um, done in that light, right? And here it is. Titus 3 and 10 says, warn a divisive person once. And then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. (laughs) You may be sure that such a person is warped. That word warped literally can also mean perverse. Mm. They're they're warped, they're perverse and sinful. They are self-condemned. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's a pretty powerful one. Pop up on Instagram. Right. But, But Titus is talking about the way in which to deal with those who are divisive, those who are... So, what does that word mean there, divisive? Uh, they are intentionally seeking to cause problems or mm-hmm. intentionally seeking okay. to uh, to divide the body. Mm-hmm. Right? So, we warn them once. We, we address warn, it once. Yeah, and he Comes says... up again. Yeah, warn them again. Hey, hey you're being divisive. Time? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, have nothing to do with them. Like, like r- remove so them. does that mean a cutting off from the church body as a whole? Or yes. Yes. <laughs> so is he telling people to leave the church then at he's, that point? He's telling spiritual authority, spiritual authority to, to remove them. Mm, yeah. I see. Um, because it can't be healthy. The church can't be healthy yeah. as long as that's continuing to take place. Because if they're not going to listen to the spiritual authority, then who are they going to listen to? Exactly. And, and they're so just going to keep dividing. Trouble. Yeah. It's going, they're going to divide it into a thousand pieces, right? They're going to divide it into a thousand churches. <laughs> you know, I mean, split after split after split. They can't, it can't be, it can't be. So, so the, to remove that in order for health to grow is really important. And he, he, he doesn't mince words. He's like, this type of person, they're, they're warped, they're perverse, and they're sinful because their intent is to divide. And that's what Satan does, right? Um, and so, um, warning to, we can't let that keep going. We've got to deal with that. And so, a healthy church is one in which deals with um, with exercising spiritual discipline and saying, saying no, we're not going to allow that to keep going. We love you. And if you repent, and if you, uh, you know, show that you're willing to change, you know, you know, we we love you, and we'll we'll accept you, uh, you know, just as anybody else. But if you're not going to do that, and your pattern has shown that you're not, uh, then we're gonna have to go different ways. received our spiritual spanking <laughs> so we have been disciplined no but we see that a healthy church um, we'll have discipline from spiritual leadership and then we need to submit to it yeah it, it's actually a loving act 
to do that. For those he loveth, he chasteneth. Exactly. And and we know this intuitively. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know this from, I, I use the example of the body, you know, but also, you know, uh, as, as a family, you know, a father, you know, I love my children, but I discipline them, right? Um, and I do that not because I, you know, don't love them, but because I do love them, right? And I certain actions are not okay, right? It's yeah. not okay yeah. for you to go up and, you know, punch your brother in the face, right? We're not going to let that happen, right? Yeah. We're not going to let you go and divide people. We're not going to let you go and just uh, harm the body and to, to do, we're, we're just not going to let that happen. And as members, let's have a sp- posture of of submission mm. that we will accept that and we won't take offense to it because that spiritual leadership 99% of the time has your best interest at heart right and they want you to succeed mm-hmm. and they're trying to help you sure it's so easy to take things personally though yeah that's the devil's favorite trick yeah yeah absolutely and you know uh scripture talks about that that no uh discipline in the moment is pleasant but afterwards, it yields a fruit of harvest. And this idea that in the moment, no one likes or joys uh, spiritual discipline and that process of being told that wasn't right and you need to you know, deal with that. You need to uh, repent of that. No one, uh, our fleshly nature does not like that, right? But, um, but, uh, one who is spiritually minded will recognize and will yield to that in order that they may grow, that they may yield a harvest, right? That if we're going to do the mission that God has called us to be and be healthy in doing that, we've got to exercise spiritual discipline. So what is our final principle for recognizing that we have a healthy church? Yeah, a healthy church is one um, which um, has spiritual leadership, okay? And a lot of times people put this as the first one, mm-hmm. right? A healthy church has got to have spiritual leadership, all right? And it's it's very important. It's huge. It's such a big deal. But I intentionally put it at the bottom because, um, you know, the this idea of leadership being something that is um, – be- something that is more important than the scripture, more important than all these other things, I think is to put leadership above what scripture would have it to be. Um, Because leadership um, is, I don't want to say that. I'm trying to frame it in, in in the way that, in this way that, Uh, where do I start back at? Um, leadership is. Okay. Okay. Leadership is critical. It's vital. Uh, but it's not more important than the Word of God. It's not more important than having um, these, um, you know, acts of uh, discipline being taking place. Those things come f- through leadership. But at the same time, that leadership needs to recognize that that this thing can happen without me, that God can use some other leader, that the leader is just a vessel that God wants to use and is not the number one thing. 
Does that make sense? You understand what I'm trying to to, to parse there? Yeah, it's not so much about the individual yes. as it is the, the, the position that God has created. Yes, exactly. And uh, spiritual leadership will want and follow those other things that I've listed, but, you know, God... Because individuals can fail. Yes. Individuals can make mistakes, mm-hmm. and, and God can remove that individual sure. and place another in. Sure, absolutely. So we just need to realize that they are human and can be replaced. Yeah, and it's a temporary, like, like we have been granted a temporary uh, role of leadership, and we're called, obviously, to steward that and to steward that well. Um, but in doing so, um, you know, the next leader will come along and and the, the one after that and and that those other principles, uh, the word of God and, uh, you know, going and event, they need to, uh, they'll be there long after the spiritual leader is gone. Uh, and should be. And a healthy church recognizes that leadership is temporary, that spiritual leadership is, uh, from, from an individual, is temporary. Now, spiritual leadership, we, we, we will always need spiritual leadership, but from an individual perspective, that leadership is, is temporary, and to reverence the fact that um, I, I, it's not all about my leadership. It's not all about, uh, it's not about me, right? It's not about you as the leader. It's about um, leaving a healthy generation behind. Uh, and, and this is really uh, something that is deep in my heart, this idea of I've seen too often leadership that has not passed the baton, has not, has failed to um, give it to the next generation. And man, they did great at, you know, expository preaching. Man, they did great at, at um, you know, the gospel. Man, they did great at uh, church discipline or whatever, you know. They did great... But then when it came down there, they didn't pass it on, and the healthy church became unhealthy because spiritual leadership, it was all about them, and they didn't recognize that they were just one leader in a string of church leaders that goes all the way back to the first century. And they they failed to recognize that they've got to pass that on and to let go of leadership to give it to other people uh, in order to uh, empower the next generation and other people to grow in their leadership. And so, so this spiritual leadership is super important uh, from a macro perspective, right? A church needs leadership, but to also recognize that uh, that leadership is something that will go beyond me and will be something that I I can't hold on to leadership forever and that I've got to be uh, growing leadership around me in order to uh, – that the church would be healthy, right? That the church would be healthy. Yeah, so I know uh, of a church uh, who their pastor pastored literally almost to 100, <laughs> and uh, there just came a point where 
just for health reasons, they were not able to effectively lead. And the church became, you know, in a, a disarray. It became, um, it became pretty dysfunctional. And this has been quite a while ago and, and it's, it's, it's just continually gone down because of that. And this idea of spiritual leadership is so critical that we recognize that we play a, a part in our generation as spiritual leaders, but we have to be intentional to think, even as young, younger people, to intentionally, who am I leading? Who am I uh, helping to grow in their leadership so that, um, that we can be healthier overall as a church? It's really, really important that we, we pass that on and invest in other people so that the kingdom of God can go beyond us and outlive us. Uh, a healthy church is one that, that isn't just made up of um, you know, older people and isn't just made up of younger people, but it has a nice mix and is filled with both and isn't just um, filled with um, you know, people that have been in church for a long time or isn't just filled with people that just got saved yesterday, but it has both, right? Uh, and so a healthy church... Uh, involves spiritual leadership that is intentional in uh, growing and helping develop uh, other leaders to help the church to continue to be all it's supposed to be in this generation and generations to come. So I guess the final question that I have for you, Dr. Tim, is if someone takes a look at these seven principles and they've looked at their life and they feel that they are following these, but they see areas in their church where maybe these principles aren't being followed mm -hmm. to the greatest extent. What would you say to that person, to that member? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I just encourage them, take that as an opportunity to um, to help to shore up those areas in that in the church, you know, uh, to play their role in making their church healthy by, you know, 99% of the time, I'm sure the pastor already recognizes that's an unhealthy aspect of the church, but doesn't maybe have, you know, who, who's going to step up? Who's going to help help to feel that? The pastor can't fill every role, can't, can't do everything. And so, um, you know, recognizing, okay, you know, I recognize that that we as a church need to get better in this area. Okay, what is my responsibility towards that? And And to, you know, there are Again, there's no perfect church, and every church has strengths and weaknesses, but just because we have a weakness in an area doesn't mean we accept that weakness and say, oh, well, I guess we're just not going to be very good at that, right? But no, we're going to intentionally try to get better in our areas of weakness and um while at the same time, um, you know, thanking God for the strengths that we do have as a church. I think that's one thing, you know, we talk about a healthy church. It's so easy to focus on areas that aren't as we'd like them to be, right? Um, it's so easy to be like, oh, this area, this area, this area, we need, we need to be better at this, we need to be better. And yeah, those things are probably, you know, areas that we can get better at. But also to be thankful and glad and blessed about all the, th the areas that we are healthy in and all the things that God has helped us as a church to be healthy in 
to be thankful and grateful for that, while at the same time seeking to uh, do our part to uh, help the areas that may not be as healthy as we'd like them to be. Now, this is a question that may not have an answer, but is there a time to abandon ship? Mm. <laughs> is there a time to move to a different church? That mm. um, uh, What would be your answer yeah, to that? I, there is, absolutely. Um, I want to say that that should not be our first response, mm. yeah. right? That should not be our, uh, well, uh, you know, I'm just going to go somewhere else, right? Because that's easy. That's convenient. That's the the easiest way out, right? Um I don't think that's right at all. Um, but yeah, there are definitely times where that needs to take place. But that should be done with such a level of uh, seriousness and such a uh, a level of, uh, you know, you are, what you're doing in that moment is so important. In that moment, you are moving the location of where you're getting your soul care done, right? Mm-hmm. The The church is the place that your pastor is the one who cares for your soul and not just yours as an individual, but your family, right? And so, you know, that is huge, right? I mean, I think people who, you know, they have their doctor and then they're, you know, the person who takes care of their physical body, and then they, they're going to go change doctors. When they do that, they research it. Oh, out, yeah. They're, they look around, yeah, get the reviews. Yeah, or not just for themselves, but a pediatric, you know, for their kids. I mean, man, they're looking everything up. They're making sure that this doctor is, you know, got every, you know, um, you know, because the, the reason why they do that is they recognize how important physical care is, right? And so I'd say the same thing when it comes to, you know, you know, changing churches, recognizing this is soul care going on here and how important it is that you are putting yourself in a position where not just you, but your family is, is their souls are cared for. And that should not be something that is done lightly or flippantly or even quickly necessarily, right? It needs to be something that's done with a great amount of prayer. And, uh, you know, even, you know, in those moments of moving out of spiritual authority, having having spiritual authority to help you, maybe not obviously the one that you're, you're immediately under, but other spiritual authority in your life to help you making that transition of spiritual leadership in your life and spiritual authority in your life. Um, because it's, it's a really, really big deal. I've seen it time and time again where people... Um, they they changed churches and it 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 did not end well for their spiritual condition, right? Because they jumped ship from a place where it wasn't the ship's problem. It wasn't the um, but they got disgruntled over something and and uh, forgot the fact that their soul was at stake and um and and it really damaged them uh, spiritually. So it's something you definitely got to take into consideration as a serious matter. Well, hopefully by the end of this episode, we've all taken a look at ourselves and then our church and maybe realized um, uh, some places that we can strengthen, but then also realize um, uh, that we're all individuals and we make up one body. So we have individual responsibility to fulfill these principles. Yeah, for sure. And uh, to do so uh, in, in in a spirit of humility and wanting, um, you know, I want my church to be healthy. That should be the heart cry of every 
uh, person in the church is I want my church to be healthy and I want to do what I can to make that happen. And that type of posture I think is healthy uh, and will create uh, a healthy church. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Questions of Faith podcast. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing and writing a review on your preferred audio platform. That would really help us out. This show was produced by Brad Stevens, theme music by the band Liquify. Questions of Faith is a ministry of Faith Tabernacle Assembly of God located in Denton, Texas. The goal of this podcast is to equip the modern day Christian with answers to timeless questions. If you would like to submit a question that may be highlighted on the show, you may do so by emailing us. That email address is questions at ftdenton.com. You may also submit a question by messaging our Facebook page, Questions of Faith Podcast. And until next Monday, God bless.